Hallelujah. If you don't mind, could we stand for the reading of the word? And I would like to read from Exodus chapter 13, verse 17 and 18. And then I'm going to jump over to 14 and I'm going to read down through 1 through 4. Pastor is, Pastor and Sister Hughes are on their way to general conference, or I guarantee you if it was anything else, they would be here, but um, I'm glad that they're able to go to that and still feel comfortable leaving the church in my care. (laughs) Maybe they just don't know better, (laughs) but that's all right. I know I have a lot of friends and family here tonight. I've been fed well today, Sister Leanne tried to make me commit gluttony I think it worked so I need to repent tonight but um, I'm thankful for the word of the Lord listen I have something from God and, and, and I'm a little I'm a little confused why God would give it to me now I have preached this before and I preached it here one of the first times I ever preached here didn't really know what I was preaching when I preached it then but I know what I'm preaching now and by personal invitation from God, he allowed me to experience this and still experience this. But I do feel that I have direction from the Lord for somebody here today. And I believe that it's going to help you and give you an answer to some questions you've had for God. So please, if you don't mind, I promise you I won't be long. It'll, it'll be short and sweet. And I want to deliver what God has given me to give to you. Exodus chapter 13 and verse 17, a very familiar passage to anybody. Even the children of the church would understand some of this about the children of Israel being delivered out of Egypt. And I read from verse 17, And it came to pass when Pharaoh had let the people go that God led them not through the way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near Meaning that was the shorter route. But the Lord, God, led them not through the way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near. For God said, lest peradventure that the people repent when they see war and that they return to Egypt. But God led the people about through the way of the wilderness of the Red Sea. And the children of Israel went up harnessed out of the land of Egypt. And if you flip over to verse to chapter 14, I'm going to read one through four. And the Lord spake unto Moses saying, speak unto the children of Israel that they turn and encamp before Pihahirath between Migdal and the sea over against Belzephon before it shall ye encamp by the sea. For Pharaoh will say of the children of Israel, They are entangled in the land, the while the wilderness hath shut them in. And I will harden Pharaoh's heart that he shall follow after them, and I will be honored upon Pharaoh and upon all of his hosts, that that the Egyptians may know that I am the Lord. And they did so. Tonight, Jesus, your word is already anointed. 
But God, I pray that you would anoint these lips of clay, God, to deliver the message that you've put in my heart to the ears of somebody that needs to hear it tonight, God. Lord, we glorify you in everything that we do. In your precious and holy name, and every, everybody said amen. You may be seated. I guess if I was going to title this, I don't even remember what I titled it when I preached it first. Now, I am a lot different than Pastor Hughes because when God gives me something, man, I'll, I'll run it into the ground. <laughs> I'll preach it everywhere I go. Pastor Hughes, I, I've tried to get him to preach sermons that he's preached in the past and and, uh, you know, he's just, he, he won't go back to him sometimes. And I said, Pastor, I need it. Please preach that again. So tonight, I really feel that God has given me this. And I want to talk to you for a brief moment about the devil and the deep blue sea. There was a more direct route, as we just read in the word of God, that that he could have taken the children of Israel. There was, I guess if you want to say, there was a more open thoroughfare. There was, there was a, a better way to bring them into their desired destination. There was a border, a, a broader, there, there was a, a wider way of escape, a more clear option, a more, a more open highway. That God could have led the children to escape. But God leads them in what seems to be a cul-de-sac. There was, there, there was a way that was more open for their release. But God leads them into what looks like a trap. If you read in here, Pharaoh said that, it, that the earth had entangled him. It looked like they had been led into a trap. There are hills and there are valleys on the right and the left of them. There's this massive Red Sea in the front of them. Pharaoh's army is behind them. And rather than take a more direct route, a more open, wider way of escape, God himself leads the children of Israel into this cul-de-sac where seemingly there is no way of escape. Their past has been implausible. Their future seems impossible. But God is about to make a way in such an unusual fashion that when they leave this cul-de-sac, everybody, all the children of Israel, and all of Pharaoh and his host will know without a doubt that it was God who kept them. Ladies and gentlemen, sometimes in our life we need to come to a place where we can't get help from daddy, where we can't get help from our friends or from our mother. God might be trying to bring you to a place where you are absolutely 100% dependent upon him. So the lesson that we need to learn tonight from this Red Sea and from these mountains and from this army is all together. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense to you and me. But the lesson that we need to learn tonight is that God means for you to be where you are. 
Now, I know a lot of people probably shut me down right there. But I'm telling you, in the Holy Ghost, that God means for you to be where you are tonight. Maybe you think you ought to be thinner. Maybe you think you ought to be taller. Maybe you think you ought to be richer or smarter or more educated. And live in a bigger house. Drive a nicer car. Drive a better car. But I'm telling you right now that you are where God wants you to be. You are not where you are accidentally, but you are there providentially because the providence of God is reliable. It's always reliable. He knows what's best for you. He knows what to get you out of before he can bring you into what he wants to take you into. He knows what he has to get out of you, just like pastor said this morning. Because, you see, he not only had to get Israel out of Egypt, but he had to get Egypt out of Israel. He knew there was things that they had established as part of their culture that he had to rip from them and move out of them. And so in this lesson tonight, there are a few things I want to share with you. And then I promise I'm going to be through. The children of Israel are in between Pi-Hahirath and in Migdal and the Red Sea. God told them to camp there. So they are in this cul-de-sac by God's appointment. It looks like they're trapped. I mean, God wants to deliver them from the oppressive hand of the Egyptian Pharaoh. And God could have taken them a more direct route through the Philistines' camp. But the Bible says that they would have heard the noise of war and they would have turned back and they would have went back to Egypt because although that wasn't their land and that wasn't their culture, it was home for them. It was something familiar for them. And he knew that when they heard this war, they would have turned back and they would have went back to Egypt. But God said, Moses, stop the camp right where you are. And turn and go into this direction. I want you to camp right here. Hills and valleys on the right and the left. The Red Sea that cannot be crossed. Pharaoh's army that cannot be defeated. And they are in this cul-de-sac of divine origination. God has arranged for them to be between the devil and the deep blue sea. Where are you tonight in your walk with God? Have you any rivers that seem uncrossable? Are there any valleys in your life? Are there any mountains in your life tonight? Reachable and untainable. Is there an enemy chasing you tonight? God knows where you are. As a matter of fact, God has arranged for you to be where you are. It's by His appointment in His keeping. Now I want, I want you to hear this. Even though they are in this cul-de-sac, Pharaoh still can't see them. Because in between the camp and the enemy 
is a cloud. It's fire by night, but it's a cloud by day. And the enemy can't see them when God is keeping them. And if you belong to the Lord, I promise you, he'll prepare a table before you in the presence of your enemy. They are hidden in plain view. He that keepeth the will, thy will will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even mine enemies, come against me to eat up my flesh, they stumble and they fail. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, and He is my God. In Him shall I trust, for in the time of trouble He shall hide me. There in there by God's appointment, there in God's keeping, under God's training, because trials come to train us. Trials come to send us into the spiritual gymnasium so that we can exercise unto godliness because you can't be godly without trials. You can't shout with a testimony until you've cried in the midnight hour. You can't come to church and give God glory until you've been sorely tested. Because without the test, there is no testimony. There is no testimony. He has them in this cul-de-sac so that he can train them. So that the next time they get in trouble, they'll remember. You know, Joe, I, I remember back a long time ago... When God had us in that unseeming place, that place that we thought was surely going to be our death, God had us there, and there didn't seem to be any way, and I began to doubt God, and I began to question God. God, why do you have me here? Why do you have me in the situation that I'm faced with? But God made a way One of the things that helps us to praise God is our memory. Because you remember the last time you called Him and He came to your rescue. You remember the last time that you got in trouble or you had a question. You remember the last time you were sick and you asked Him to heal you. And He came in and He moved in and He touched you. Well, the next time you need to remember, trials come to train us unto godliness. Because tribulation worketh patience, and patience works experience, and experience leaves hope. When you've been through the fiery trials, when you've stood up under your own Red Sea situation, it builds character in your life so that you don't fall out the first hint of trouble You know, I have learned a very hard lesson in my life because I'm a stubborn individual. Don't look at my wife. I am a stubborn individual. But you know what? God has put me in trial after trial. And guess what? I have failed after fail after fail after fail. And finally it dawned through my thick skull that, you know what? 
until I quit looking at the situation of why are you putting me here, God? Why am I in this, God? I've started changing my thinking. God, how can you get glory from this? God, I don't, I don't really care why I'm here. But Jesus, let me focus on how I can give you glory from this situation. Let me focus on how I can really learn to praise you in this trouble. Let me focus on not why, why me, God? Why me? Why, 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 what did I do to deserve this? No, you've got to learn to change that focus and say, God, I'm scared and I don't understand. But Lord, help me to give you glory in this situation. Lord, there's hills on the right and there's valleys on the left. And there's a sea in front of me, God. And there's an army of people that want to see me destroyed. They want to see me fail. But God, I know that you can make a way out of this tonight. I know that you can get glory from this. You, you, you need to learn that you need to stand on the word of God. When you begin to, you don't quit coming to church when your loved ones die. You don't, you don't stop praising God because you don't have a job. It's, it, if God closes a door over there, you can rest assured that he's going to open a door over here. Somebody ought to be able to testify tonight that there is no secret what my God can do there in a cul-de-sac by God's appointment. They're in this cul-de-sac in his keeping. And they're in this cul-de-sac under his training. And they're waiting on his timing. Did you get that? You hear what I'm saying tonight? The questions you've had in your lone personal life are spilt to us through the word here. They're in between Pihahirath, Migdal, and the sea under God's appointment according to his keeping in his training until his timing. Now God could have brought them out whenever he got ready, but they weren't trained yet. And one of the worst things in the world to do is to place a novice under pressure. You know, and you always think as a novice, you think you can handle the pressure. You think that you can, you think that you can handle the situation. Somebody who's untrained really can't handle pressure. People who are immature can't handle power. People who haven't been through anything can't handle leadership. God has to keep them in the cul-de-sac until they're ready for the interstate. You might think that you're ready for the interstate, but you can't drive in the cul-de-sac. How are you going to get on 45 if you can't even make it down 518? Jeremiah said, if you have run with the footmen and they have wearied you, how shall you contend with horses? If you can't make it in the land of peace and prosperity, where peace and prosperity provides, what are you going to do at the swelling of the Jordan? Proverbs says, if you faint in the day of adversity, it's because your strength is small. So God has to keep them in this unseemingly death situation because God knows, God understands that he has to train them and he has to pull them out. And so God 
God, God's got to keep them there until it's time. Everything that, that's, that's worthwhile takes a little time. It takes time to make a disciple. It takes time to make a strong Christian. Because when you and I first came to the Lord, we didn't know anything. We hadn't been through anything. But now that we have been time tested, now that we have some scars and some battle wounds, some sickness under our belts, some trials behind us, now that we've been through the test of time, now... Now God can use us. Now God can move into our life. Now you can get on the Gulf Freeway and you can go wherever you want because now you know how to drive in the cul-de-sac. Let me tell you something, people. From the, from the time I was 18 years old, God, and many, many great men of God have said, Son, you've got so much potential. But you've got to understand, I didn't even know how to drive in the cul-de-sac. And I began to fail trial after trial that God sent my way. And it frustrated me because I couldn't move past that person with potential into a person of doing And I didn't understand it, but now as I've gotten older and now that I've understood that, you know what, it might seem like everything is coming in around me and it might seem like everything is coming in and falling around me and there's no way of escape. And there's been many times that I almost wanted to turn and just walk into the enemy knowing my fate because death seemed easier than the unknowing Death seemed easier than the training. Death seemed easier than the waiting and the patience that I needed. You see, when you're in between the devil and the deep blue sea, mama can't help you. Daddy, daddy can't bail you out. No matter how many people love you and no matter how many people care for you, no matter how many people come to comfort you, there's just some things... Only God can do. There's some trials that only God can bring you through. There's some tears that only God knows how to wipe away. There's some situations that only God knows how to rescue you from. And when he rescues you, you can't give anybody else the credit. Because when God saves you and when God steps in, it's an unusual way. I'm telling you, I'm speaking to somebody right now that you don't know and you've asked yourself and you're not a dumb person. You've asked yourself, I just, there's no physical way that this can happen. There's no physical way that I can get out of this situation I'm in. I'm here to tell you tonight that you serve a miracle working God. I, I, I just, you know, there's some things that when I get to heaven, I want to, I want God to go back and show me. I want to see this. I want to see these people. There's been, there's, they say there was almost over 3 million people there. Uh, you know, in, in the Bible stories, in the little Bible books that you open up, you see the Red Sea open like this, and you see a single file or two file, two lines. 
I read somewhere that with the amount of people, it would have taken 800-something days for them to get through there in that single file line. No, you know what had to happen? That Red Sea opened up over three and a half miles. That's what they've estimated. Over three and a half miles wide. And these people begin to rush through. And these people and the children of Israel begin to make a way where there was no way. If you could stand with me tonight, I told you I wasn't going to be long, and I meant it. But God is speaking to somebody God is talking to somebody tonight. Your situation, you're doing everything you can to avoid it because you don't understand it. You're doing everything you can to to not pay attention to it because you just don't see a way out of it. God is here to talk to somebody tonight and to tell you he knows where you are. And you're there because of his divine intervention in your life. You, there's, there's people here right now that you don't see a way that God can save your loved ones. I'm telling you, he is a miracle-working God. There's mothers and fathers here that don't see a way that your son or your daughter can be saved. I'm telling you, we serve a miracle-working God. It might look doom and gloom all around you, and there might be an enemy chasing them down, but I'm here to stand on this word and tell you that God will make a way. God will make a way tonight. I've heard so many sermons. My life... I've been to so many church services. But my heartbeat tonight is that somebody would just take a simple truth and that you would just take it in and make it your own. I don't need any Greek translations for this sermon tonight. I don't need a PowerPoint breakdown for you to understand what I'm talking about tonight. Stand on the Word of God. Stand on the Word of God. He's going to make a way where there is no way. Last night I, I felt such an overwhelming power of the Holy Ghost that there was a confusion in somebody's, in somebody's spirit, there was a confusion. And you're trying, and you really are trying, and you're, you're, it just seems like the more you try, the less it makes sense. God's training you. The more you try to be righteous, the more it gets confusing. The more you try to live according to the Word of God, the harder Life seems to get. God's training you. God's teaching you. Trust in me. Trust in me. Let me take you by the hand. Let me help you understand some of these situations. I'm going to tell you the truth. If you think you're going to get it, 
by coming to church and listening to me or Pastor Hughes or somebody else give you this word and that's all you need to do. You're not going to get it that way. You know what you're going to have to do? You're going to have to break away from your daily routine. You're going to have to break away from the media. You're going to have to break away from the things in life that seem so important. And you're going to have to find a place with God for yourself. I will help you. I will help anybody in this place with every dollar I have, with every ounce of energy I have. I will give it to you free of charge. But please hear me. It's not enough. It's not enough. Pastor Hughes would give anything for any one of you and one of us. But let me tell you, it's not enough. You've got to find your place with God. God wants to hear it from you. When I pray with people in the altar and I begin to pray with them, I want them, I promote for them, I try to tell them, listen, you're the one that needs to say thank you, Jesus. You're the one that needs to begin to praise God because God wants to hear it from you. He doesn't want to hear it from me. He doesn't. He, he wants to hear it from you. You know what I'm here for? I'm here to help you. You know why I lay hands on you? Because it will, it will build your faith. But you know what? It ultimately comes down to you. Because just like Brother Hughes said this morning, with the woman with the issue of blood, she reached out and touched the hem of the garment. And he turned to her and he said, Be thou made whole. Your, your faith. Read it. Your faith has made you whole because you understand this you know what this is this is a promise this is a promise to you and your family do you know what this is this is a binding contract between you and God this is a binding contract between you and God. That's why he could tell her that her, her faith had made her whole. Because he said, if you reach out and you get a hold of me and you touch me, I'll hear your cry. That's what the word of God says. He had to do it. He had to do it. He said in his word, he said, he, he said somebody touched me. And the disciples said, what are you talking about, Jesus? There's thousands of people around here. No, you know what happened? Somebody that understood the promise of God touched him. You know how I know? Because he said, I felt virtue flow from me. I felt it flow from me. And what's amazing about that, he never commanded his virtue to leave. She took it. You know why? She understood something. She understood that as she obeyed the word, if she obeyed what she was feeling on the inside, that he had to fulfill his part of the contract. It's law. It's law. It's biblical law. Tonight, somebody's standing in a place that you don't understand. You don't even know really how you got there. You don't even understand why you're in that situation. But I'm telling you, God knows. And he's waiting on you. As the lights are dim, I open up this altar. 
We need to come and we need to find our place with God and say, God, if you really know where I'm at, Jesus, I'm crying. Lord, help me to change my focus, God, on why I'm in this situation and help me to change it to God. How can you get the glory from me being in this situation? God, how can you get the glory from me being full of cancer God how can you get the glory from me not having a dime in my bank account God how can you get the glory Jesus I want to give you the glory tonight Lord